0: I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco.
1: Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20
0: minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: Why did you become a freelancer? Was it for freedom, flexibility, probably not because you wanted to manage your own health insurance taxes and retirement did you know catch can do all of that for you catch offers benefits and personal payroll for the self-employed with catch you can shop for health insurance the same way you shop for a flight compare across carriers and find the best price catch makes it easy to renew your current plan find a better one or enroll for the first time even better All plans are ACA compliant, and Catch works on your behalf to get you tax credits that can save hundreds of dollars on your monthly premium. Open enrollment starts November 1st. Get organized for the year ahead. Get covered. Get Catch. Find the plan that's right for you at catch.co slash health. This is kind of a strange time right now for freelancers and for everyone in general just because we've got the big R word floating around, that being recession. So anybody who's self-employed right now I think is kind of a little bit in panic mode or at least concerned with the way that things are going. So in today's episode, you and I are going to get into what do you do when there's so much uncertainty around and how do you handle that? And, and what steps should you be taking to kind of prepare yourself a little bit? So I want to start off by asking you, Emma, how are you feeling right now? Are you nervous? Is your business doing okay? Like, what's your read on the situation personally?
0: Yeah, good question. So I think that There are always things that are happening in the market that are potential causes for concern that kind of like send off little signals or alarm bells. Like I remember when COVID first hit, it was like, how is this going to impact our businesses? I just feel like there are always things that you wonder about. They introduced new laws in California about working with freelancers. And it was like, oh my gosh, how is this going to affect my business, right? And in all the years that I've been doing this, I have weathered these sort of circumstantial changes very, very well as a business owner. And I think that one of the benefits of being a freelancer is, first of all, it's easy to pivot if things come up and you're not getting as much work as you were in the past. So that's kind of a benefit. But the other thing is that oftentimes when companies cut back, They rely more on freelancers because they may not have the option of hiring internally because of the expense of that. So, freelancers are also uniquely positioned to take on more work in that kind of climate. So, all that to say, like, I feel pretty confident at the moment about my business. It's doing well. I'm not seeing like a lack of clients coming through. I feel like things are very healthy. The only thing that I sort of have concerns about, I think is about the inflation. And I think everybody has concerns about that because like, it's a nationwide concern of like the prices of things are going up and up and up. And I could maybe adjust my rates a little bit, which is again, another benefit of being a freelancer. It's not like I have to wait for my boss to give me a raise, but at the same time, like making an adjustment for inflation I don't know how reasonable that would be right now. So that's one thing that I'm kind of wondering about. And I'm just curious to see how it plays out in the, in, in the next, let's say, year or so. How about you? Like, what? how are you kind of feeling at this moment?
1: Yeah, I feel like about a month ago, I was in the spot where I was feeling almost like I did at the start of the pandemic when I was just kind of like giant question mark. <laughs> like, I don't know how this is going to go. Things have definitely been a little bit quieter for me, which has kind of been nice because it's fall right now. That's my favorite time of year. So it's given me a little bit of bandwidth to kind of get outside and enjoy that. So a bit of a positive spin there, but I think it's okay. Like I'm still getting work. I'm not slammed right now, but it does seem like people are being a little bit more conservative with outsourcing or hiring freelancers for things. Maybe they're putting it off until the start of the new year, but it's been okay. So I am doing things to just kind of be proactive. I am reaching out to people and seeing if there are things that they want to get started on in Q1 of next year, just to kind of get ahead. Cause I know that a lot of people plan way far out for the holiday season. They're already wrapped with all that and they are thinking about the coming year. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Think about how my clients are thinking right now and get on the same page with them. I'm also still doing some experimentation with different ways to diversify my income stream. So for example, last month I did one page website copy audits where I gave people notes on a page of their website and I think it was $249. So I think I sold nine or 10 of those. So that was a nice little extra chunk of income, just something that I kind of promoted on Twitter and in my newsletter. And then started a new podcast with, we picked the creative class podcast back up, Michael Keenan and I, because Peak Freelance took that over and is kind of heading up that course now that Paul Jarvis and I are not doing that anymore. It's a course for freelancers if you are not familiar with what creative class is. So yeah, just trying some different things. And that's kind of been a common thread through the nine years of doing this so far. It's just when things get slow, experiment and find new ways to generate revenue rather than depending on just client projects and and writing assignments. So I think that's one thing to think about right now is what other things can you try that would help you bring in more money and, and also maybe help you figure out other things that you enjoy doing as a writer, as a consultant, things like that. Have you done anything like that?
0: I'd say no, but I think my situation is unique because I'm going to be going on a maternity leave in January. So as you're talking about, oh, I'm gearing up for Q1, I am right, we're recording this in September, right? I'm like right at this moment of, oh my gosh, like clients are coming to me asking about Q1 and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going on maternity leave. And so I think that's also like this sort of question mark of not like exactly how I'm going to manage my leave, but like I have these other uncertainties in my life that are coming up and I just don't know how everything's going to shake out. So I feel like I am a little bit less focused on building the business in new ways and more just trying to do like my absolute best with the client work that I have and in a way like sort of wrapping things up so that my transition to a maternity leave is relatively smooth. I will say that I've been doing more and more coaching which is really gratifying for me and I absolutely love and I my coaching the coaching arm of my business has picked up so I'm doing more and more of that. So that's one thing that has kind of like diversified what I'm doing a little bit. And I've taken on some like bigger scale projects than in the past. So like a lot of times I have clients that will come to me for like one kind of smallish thing and they may come back to me every several months for that. But I have a couple clients now that have contracted me to maybe do like six or 10 case studies over the course of... Uh, You know the next three months before the end of the year, so they're these kind of bigger, bulkier projects. So that's offering some security and protection, kind of, to my income stream before taking this maternity
1: leave. When somebody comes to you with kind of a a bulk workload like that, do you offer a discount at all, or did you like how did that come to be? Did you go to them and say, "Hey, you know, if you have a backlog, I want to work on them, and I can do it at X price point," or did they just come to you and say, "Hey, we have you know six, eight, nine of these"? That we could use your help on? Like, how how does that work? How does that shake out?
0: Yeah, I would say that one thing I recommend, it's kind of a mix. So, one thing I recommend with case studies is that if somebody doesn't have any and they come to me and they're like, I wanna do one, I'm like, hey, I'm really glad you're thinking about doing case studies, but like one is not enough. Like, that's not enough. Like, we need to at least do three. So, I do try and sell people on three if they have like no case study arm at all. So that's like one bundling. And I do offer like a very small discount on doing it, but it's not enough that I think it would it makes like a huge difference. But there is something that I offer. But it's really more for like, if you do three, the price is like a little bit less than just doing one. But if you do six, the price is still the same per case study as if you do three, if that makes sense. The other ones is just a matter of like, when someone comes to me and they're like, hey, we have like a ton of case studies we need done, rather than me being like, oh yeah, I do case studies, I'll jump in and help. I'm like, okay, well, how many do you need done? Maybe we should do a package of six, right? Like, so it's kind of like a collaborative decision, but I am sometimes bringing that to the table, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's really smart for you too, because, sorry, just I was just thinking about how that's so smart because rather than being onboarded for a single case study, then you've, you're kind of incentivizing a longer term relationship with them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's better for you and, and more efficient. Yeah,
0: it's much more efficient and I think for case studies like I require a strategic discovery call with anyone I do a case study with which is basically like a minimum hour with them understanding their product, their goals for the case study because you need to have a understanding of the product to do case studies in a way you don't if you're doing content writing, right? Like if you're writing blog articles about, you know, industry trends or something. So, I hate to do that if there's only one it's better that I'm on board and I can be part of the team. So that is definitely something that I have been experimenting with. And again, like as I'm going into the end of the year and a maternity leave, I'm thinking a little bit more about those kinds of things. Back to the the recession conversation, I think I just like wanted to comment on this and I'm curious about like your perspective on it, but I think like We're in a sort of unique position where we are in our careers. Like you and I are about the same age. And when I first started my professional career, it was like coming out of the 2008 recession. Like I graduated college or 2009. I graduated college in 2010. It was incredibly difficult to find a job. It was just like really difficult. But then things were mostly on an upward trajectory through like as I've grown my career and I feel like as a kind of steady, more senior professional, I haven't really experienced a recession like in the way that like, I don't know, my dad who's an architect and architecture is a very non-recession proof, right? Like it's it's sensitive mm-hmm. to recessions because people don't build and take on new projects. I know that in his 30, 40 plus years in business, he has seen ups and downs, Right. So that is sort of interesting. Like I don't feel like I have kind of the the personal pain of I don't know, seeing my house like incredibly undervalued or things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I don't know. I still feel like I'm I'm hesitant to give an answer on that because I feel like it's kind of too soon to tell. I feel like oh, yeah. I hear about news that things are getting worse and worse and like even internationally you know, right as of today, the pound is crashing and the euro is less than the dollar right now. So it feels very doom and gloom. And I, yeah, I graduated in two thousand eleven. Same thing. I, I got a job out of college, and it was like, oh my god, what? Whoever offers me a job, I'll take it because you're lucky to get one. So I'm not going into this with kind of a scarcity mindset of everything is bad and and I'm gonna have to go back to an in house job. But I think I don't know yet. I feel uncertain. And that's kind of where I'm leaving it for now. Yeah. And I think that
0: uncertainty, like, I feel like as someone who struggled with anxiety, or especially around uncertainty, sometimes that uncertainty is like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What if this happens? What if that happens? But as I've gotten older, I feel more like, well, if there are major issues, let's say with my income stream, then. I'll be forced to explore other options, right? Like whether that is taking on different kinds of clients or different kinds of contracts or doing an in-house job or or whatever it is. Like I think that you and I have enough skills that are valuable in the world today that I uh, you know we're not going to be out on the street, but it may take some creative application of Or new ideas about how we apply those things. I mean, and I say that in kind of the worst case scenario, right? The best case scenario is it doesn't sort of affect you at all. And it's like being in the movies, right? Like they say movies is like the most recession-proof business, the film industry, (laughs) because people need entertainment when they're like sad and dejected so like maybe it doesn't hurt us too badly or maybe it really does and you just you kind of have to adjust as you go and I I think I said this earlier that the beauty of having the freelance writing business is that we have the power to adjust as we go like we're not like oh my gosh what if I get laid off and that's that's it right there's options ahead I think
1: Yeah. I mean, especially with the rise of this creator economy, there are so many different avenues that can be explored for bringing in money, whether it's if you have a newsletter, maybe a newsletter sponsorship or monetizing your social media account somehow, whether that's through like whitelisting ads or doing sponsored posts with a, a brand that's kind of aligned with your audience and the things that you tweet about. Or I did a sponsored LinkedIn post recently. So just experimenting with different ways to build a little bit of a buffer and Again, like as part of that experimentation process, you might find things that you really enjoy doing that you you didn't know that you enjoyed doing because it was never on the table before. I think it's a great time to test education products or like digital products, just kind of, like I said, diversifying beyond client work so that there is more for you to do and more for you to have financially on the table. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird time. I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's a weird time. Like, and I think that, I don't know, I I had mentioned the inflation and the adjusting the rates thing. Like, I think it's kind of interesting because it's like, okay, yes, prices for everything are going up, but it's also a time when people are very sensitive to that. So if you raise your rates by like a lot, then that may be like a pretty big deterrent for someone to work with you, like right at this moment, right? So it's like, I think you have to kind of approach that carefully. Like I'm thinking about it, right? It's like, you don't want to suddenly like jack your prices up by 50% when people are like sensitive to how much things cost. And at the same time, like a lot of these businesses budgets like haven't changed for like their marketing budget for what they're setting aside for content creation and copywriting, like they haven't changed. So I don't know. That's just some, some ideas about that.
1: I feel like it's kind of a early bird gets the worm situation right now. So the, the freelancers who are proactive and reaching out and trying to get a foot in the door for those projects at the start of the new year or year-end projects and reaching out ahead of time or even bringing ideas or pitches to the table, I feel like those are kind of the ones who have the competitive edge. Of course, that's always true, but especially now when People are becoming more conservative with their budgets. If you can bring ideas to the table and make people's lives simpler, of course, you're going to be the no-brainer hire or the no-brainer person for an opportunity. So I think that that's something to be thinking about as well is what things can you do that make you more appealing as a freelancer? for a particular job? Are there solutions that you can bring or simplifications that you can add to a process that's going to make the people hiring you more apt to not only hire you for the things that they need, but then refer you for other people as well?
0: Yeah. And I think any freelancer that has the ability to like really bring and prove substantial ROI to their clients will be super valuable, right? So like if you work, I mean, you and I don't work in these like conversion copywriting fields like some people do where they're literally like making sales on behalf of their (laughs) clients. I mean, you and I are just like a little bit farther from that based on the kind of writing that we do. But people that do that, that sort of like very bottom of the funnel work Or if you don't do that, it's not a bad time to pivot to doing that because it's closer to making the bottom line revenue for the business, right? And if that's something that they are sensitive to at the moment, those freelancers are going to be positioned to be super valuable. And I think there's like a number of episodes that we've done in other seasons about finding new high paying clients and like developing a niche and all of those things that I think are like really good to listen to right now or, and then be thinking about those kinds of topics. Because as you said, like people that are positioned well, will fail better than, than people who are not, which is always true, but maybe even especially more true in yeah. times of uncertainty.
1: It, definitely. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about that in future episodes, but yeah, I totally agree. Now is the time for specialization or for having some sort of competitive edge, Over other people offering some similar services, just because you really need to give clients a reason to hire you right now. You need to be the go to person for that one specific thing because it's especially competitive right now. So, definitely something to be thinking about. Definitely kind of a strange time. I feel like that's been true for the last three years with, with the pandemic and everything else. So, we're a little bit used to it now, kind of a different challenge these days. But yeah, I think as long as you can be resilient and continue to experiment and try new things and just kind of keep an open mind, not go into it with that doom and gloom mentality, that's kind of the place to be right now.
0: Yeah. And I would end on like, don't let the headlines that you see be a self-fulfilling process for you. Yes. Right. Like don't see something that says like, no one's hiring freelancers and be like, no one's hiring freelancers. I guess that's it for me. I think, right? like Because I think my experience is often that I see headlines or information about freelancing and I'm just like, oh, that's not my experience, right? Mm -hmm. So I would just really look at your individual business, see how things are going. Like, are you getting as many clients as you want? If not, how can you get more? And sort of, It's not that you want to ignore the circumstances around you, right? But it's that you want to be paying attention to reality, not sort of like an idea of like the larger
1: picture reality, right? Pay attention to sort of what's going on in your world. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If
0: you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.